right, everybody, welcome. I'm Dr. Amy Heath Carpentier, and we're going to talk about where do you start career paths and GPP? How do you figure out what you want to do in government policy and advocacy? So let's talk about the realities of the GPP search, first and foremost. So it's hard to get a perspective on what you want to do in government policy, advocacy, international affairs, diplomacy. We're going to talk about that big, huge thing, nonprofit as GPP, okay? All of that's going to fall under it. So it's a giant umbrella. Um, it's hard to get perspective on what you want to do. It doesn't fall in your lap. You don't encounter it easily like you do doctor, or dentist, or teacher, things that you encounter in your day-to-day -day life. Um, and the other thing is television and movies aren't really that helpful. So um, Jack Ryan here, not very helpful, right? Um, there's sometimes misconceptions. It's glorified. Um, you don't get a good sense of things, no matter how many times you watch The West Wing. So dating myself there, but I love The West Wing. Um, so television movies, they give you a little bit, but you may not know your majors often are not related to what you're actually doing in the field. So there are very few fields in government policy and advocacy, et cetera, that require you to have a specific major. They like very specific skills, typically, like writing, communication, very specific kinds of writing, um, analysis. Sometimes for certain skills, there are certain fields they might want specific languages, whether those are spoken languages or coding languages, certain aptitudes and research. But in general, the top things are working together on teams, being a good communicator, having a strong work ethic, and, and being bright and enthusiastic. That can come from a lot of majors. So it's not clear. There isn't that clear delineation the way there would be, say, in architecture or accounting. So that can be a little confusing. And the other thing about students who are interested in these fields is that they tend to be really curious, which makes it hard to narrow, the narrow down what you want to do because your curiosity is naturally expansive and you're bright and you can get interested in a lot of things. You're motivated by ideas and, and issues in the world. There's also a tension between activism and practice. So, you know, you may be in courses um, like my own courses that I teach where we really take sometimes a critical lens to U.S. policy or a critical lens to the structures that, that in the United States. And that um, activist heart coupled with a desire to serve may sometimes feel like you're not sure where you belong, you know, do I belong working for the federal government or do I belong on the Hill or do I belong, you know, working in an activist organization or a community organizer and, 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 and how does that work? Um, but there, I want you to know that there are strategies that exist for helping you to figure it out. And so today we're going to talk about those. And my goal, when I came to WashU and especially a decade ago when we started this, this group, was really to give you opportunities to encounter different kinds of career paths so that you didn't feel like, you know, if you weren't from DC, you didn't have family in GPP careers, you somehow were behind the ball and you weren't going to be able to find opportunities. So I just want to start with that, that there, you know, it can be a confusing thing. WashU does not not very few of these organizations come to college campuses. And so this, um, this field is one that you have to put more effort into landing in than maybe, than maybe some others. 
Um, there are also a lot of opportunities in this search. The first one is you don't get locked in early. There's an assumption that you're going to move around a lot early in your career. So you, just because you take a job at a think tank doesn't mean in two years you're not going to go to law school or in two years you're not going to take a job on the Hill. There's a lot of movement. So if you're feeling like something like business consulting is appealing because you're like, okay, I don't have to stay in it very long. I get exposed to a lot of different things. That's actually built into the way the jobs here work. Most of the jobs unfold and turn over in two to three year increments as people move on to the next thing or to grad school, law school. Uh, there are actually tons of opportunities to try, both at the local, um, regional, and then at the um, state and national and international levels. There's lots of options. The other thing is WashU alum and people in these fields in general are very generous with their stories, their time, their talents. It's a small world, so you never know who knows whom, which is something to keep in, keep in mind. And I think it's also important that that to realize that people in these fields have very diverse interests and they are like you. They're motivated by ideas. They, um, you know, they're, they're passionate about ways that they can make change and, and make impact in the world. But I also think it's important to know that, you know, if we were to take a hundred students, a hundred people in the world, only about 10 to 20% of that group would be able to say, this is the thing I really want to work on, right? Um, most people are, that changes over time. They have to get a lot of data in and they have to try things out, most importantly. And so today we're going to talk about ways that you can begin to narrow down your interests. And I really applaud you for being here early because the first step is really to to engage and to not kind of come in right in January, February, and try to figure out what you want to do and try to get the opportunity all at the same time. Taking it bit by bit really helps you as you move forward. So let's talk for a minute about the career education cycle. And this isn't something you do once and then it's over. You might do it several times over the course of your college career and then your career in general. So we're going to start with the first one, which is assess. Assess is all about you. What did I do last summer? What have I enjoyed in my classes? You know, really looking at some, some um, tools that you can use to kind of narrow down and think about what's next. What do I want to try next? And that's really important because an internship is just a way of trying things. And your first job is just a way of trying things. If you're not sure what you want to do, that's not a personal issue that you have it somehow in your you know, makeup. It's not some failure on your part. You just don't have all the data yet. And given what you do and where you are at, it's really hard to get that data in GPP careers at this stage. So trying to get some of the guilt out of the way and say, all right, like I, yes, I'm going to have to put a little some time and energy into the game, but we can start with assessing what I already know. And then explore is turning outwards. What is it that's out there and what's possible? So we're going to do some of that today. This is really where most people will be in the fall in GPP. Um, they're really going to be thinking about what do I want, what's possible, and starting to prepare for the search phase, which largely comes into play in the spring, right? Most jobs turn around real time in this field. We're more likely to see people landing closer to graduation. 
right? Which is very different, by the way, than some people in fields like consulting or engineering or business, finance. You may have friends in those areas. Your timeline's different. You can do everything right and walk across the stage at graduation have you know, and not have anything yet. We have actually had people get land land at art side recognition because that's how close to the wire it comes. And those people, by the way, were people who had tentative offers from their junior summer, that it took that long for them to get those organizations to get the final offers off. So what is your path? The analogy I like to make or the sort of symbol I like to make is that it's kind of like you're wearing a headlight in um, on a dark night camping. And so that's the picture for those of you who've never had that pleasure. You know, Joseph Campbell once said, if you can see your path all the way to the end, you are following someone else's path. Your path only unfolds as you walk it. And what's lovely about this like idea of the headlamp is that on a, a new moon night when there's not a lot of light in the woods and you've got one of these on is that you know, the path illuminates as you walk it. As you take a step forward, more becomes evident in where you're walking. You get to see more. And that's very much like the path to search for positions in GPP. Number two, it's really a data problem. You've got to figure out how to get more data in. And so what I encourage you to do is not to think about what is it that I want to be. And unfortunately, we've kind of... Uh, uh, doomed you in a way by asking since you were little, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? You don't have to, you are, there's no be there, right? Like you are. So like, what is it that you want to try? What is it? What are characteristics that you want? Think about more characteristics than a job title. Okay. Do you want to be working in teams? Do you want to be, have 20, around 20% of your time doing research and writing on your own? Do you want to write short pieces? Do you want to do research? Do you want to, you know, like what are some of the things you think you know about what you want to do? Um, and you can use this little Venn diagram of joy, need, and ability to figure that out. So you can take a resume, take a list of your, a transcript of your courses, and kind of put them in between. What things brought you joy in this Venn diagram, you know, in, in what you've done in the past? What was there a need for you to do? What could you find an internship doing in the world or there was a need for it? And what are you able to do, right? And you can kind of pinpoint experiences that you've had, whether that's, you know, Calc 2, maybe maybe you were able to do it and clearly there was a need, but you did, brought you no joy. So maybe it goes in the Venn diagram area, kind of in the bottom where the, the ability and need overlap. Maybe there's a situation where you were doing peer counseling and you really enjoyed that um, and you were good at it, but you weren't sure that you could do that after graduation without count with some kind without some kind of training, right? So that would be in the joyability um, to some degree, or joy need, if you think about that, because there is a need, it brings you joy, but you don't have the, the licensure yet to do it, right? So you can use something like that to kind of go through. To be clear about your non-negotiables, and these are gonna be really different. For different people. I call I sometimes call these gravity problems after the Stanford Design Lab idea. Like, what is it that you can't change? You know, maybe you need to be in a physical specific physical area of the world this summer for your internship. Maybe you have a significant other that you want to um, be around. 
and so that's that's a priority. Maybe you don't have a lot of funding and you need to find something that's paid or or what have you. But make be clear about this. At the end of the day, this is a project figuring out what you want to do and what the next step is going to be. And then finally, you know, there's a lot of methods for assessment. You know, when we say, okay, you're going to go self-assess, right? Most people are like, uh, you know, I'm always like, oh, I'm going to be really good this year and I'm going to journal, right? I'm going to, it's just even one line and it doesn't happen because I'm not like that. I'm not somebody who's good at that. Maybe some of you are, um, but a lot of us need a variety of different tools. And there are a variety of different tools through the Career Center. We have everything from, you know, Clifton Strengths or the Strong Interest Inventory, which are, you know, assessments you can take to, to learn more about yourself. Um, we have transferable skills surveys. I do a, an analysis most like mostly every other year of the top skills, knowledge, and abilities that are being asked for for entry-level candidates in these fields. And so we have an assessment thing that you can go through those skills and say, yeah, I'm good at these. I have these. I don't have these. And, and you know, these are ones I want to learn. So you can, you can do that. You can go and get a whiteboard in here in the Career Center and do it standing. You know, sometimes people think you got to type it or you got to write it in a book. Sometimes drawing it on a whiteboard is a great way to go. Or going for a walk and just talking to a friend. And it, for others, it's going to take being in dialogue with what's out there. Again, getting more data about other things in the world will help. So now I'm going to transition to the exploring because really, you know, you have to assess and explore, even though they're kind of together, you have to do this sort of around the same time. There'll be a point at which you're like, okay, I need to start being in dialogue and hearing what's possible out there. And so here are some ways to begin this process. First, think of it as iterative right? You're going to come up with an idea you want to check out. I want to try X. You're going to find a way to try it. And I'll describe what those might be in a minute. And then you're going to move forward. The first thing is to think about two important concepts. One is the industry and the other is the job function, or the internship function. So on the, on the one side of this slide, you'll see the gaming interest industry. So that's EA or Blizzard or, you know, places that develop games. Or those are for-profits, right? They, they're for-profits. And then there's nonprofits or government agencies that have missions. And by that, I don't mean like missionary, you know, religious, but like missions like the Red Cross, International Red Cross here. So there may be a mission that you're really behind or an issue or a cause that you feel strongly about. Those may change over time, or you know they may be the same, but one steps forward while another one steps back at a different point in time. That's great. Most people will tie their the industry or mission to that which they're interested in, like their intellectual interests, right? On the other side, we have the job function right? Like different jobs, different roles that you can do in the service of different industries. So we have at the top, we have an alum who's an environmental educator working with students to understand um, climate change and its effects on the environment. And below we have WashU GPP champion and former Obama assistant press secretary, Eric Schultz, who um, 
here is the assistant press secretary. So he's in communications and he's built in a career in political communication. Those are the job functions. Okay. So another job function, you know, a lot of people like, well, there's a lot of people always looking for people who do computer science. Computer science is a, is a function. It can work in many, many industries. Someone can go into gaming. They can develop uh, online apps to help the United, um, United Nation High Commissioner for Refugees track refugee movement. They can work on mapping and understanding for deforestation. You know, there's the, the challenge for someone in computer science is finding something that they want to work on that is challenging and that, you know, is, is something they care about, right? Most people by senior year will have kind of an idea on mission and industry or kind of an idea on the kind of job functions that they want to take up. And the job functions are often linked to those skills, knowledge, and abilities that they are good at and they enjoy using. Okay. And you can, by the way, be good at something and not enjoy doing it. I'm good at coding, but I don't love it. And, you know, left the tech industry as a result. So networking, it does, it is a bit anxiety producing, right? Um, what I will say is that start with lateral networking and move to vertical networking. So what does that mean? Lateral, lateral networking is talking to peers. So success stories is a great way. It's what a WashU database of things that people have done in the past. Uh, GPP, we have a mentor program that we will launch in, in a bit. And that's a great way to, you know, any of your student groups, just ask, hey, what'd you do this summer? And get us get a sense of what people have done. Vertical networking is when you're talking to young alum. And I encourage you to start with young alum. Don't go all the way to the person who's like got 15 years in, in the foreign service, because as somebody who, you know, is in her forties, I know that my fellow 40 year olds don't all remember what it was like to be 22. And sometimes you show up and they're, you know, they're expecting you to be fully cooked, if you will, <laughs> in your career. So, um, you know, not always, but sometimes. And so, Start with young, what we would consider earlier alum. So an alum that's one to three years out, okay? They actually have a lot more hands-on um, exposure to who's hiring and when, when they're hiring. So that may be helpful, particularly in a networking situation. Remember, this is not about actually getting a real interview. This is just trying to ask what's your story. and. So that's an important way to network. And then there's, you know, kind of more reactive networking, which would be to follow people on Twitter, YouTube, podcasts, social media, like we said, right? And I know that Twitter is not the most popular social media for many students, but it is where a lot of policy and international affairs conversations take place. So it is worth, particularly if you want to think about um, interning at a think tank or something like that, it might be worth your while on a campaign might be worth your while to follow people on Twitter. Two kinds of recruiting models when we actually move into the time to, to recruit. One is on-campus recruiting, which is, you know, what we're, your friends may be doing if they're looking at consulting or business or finance or something right now, where the organizations come to campus or they come virtually in this case. 
and they advertise jobs and internships. It became pretty apparent to me early on that that is not how government policy and advocacy really works. And so they use a more traditional model where you go to them, they're going to get plenty of amazing candidates um, just by reputation alone. So they don't really have to do things like try to recruit, you know, many undergraduates for their, for their positions. Having said that, they are really interested in you. And there are pipeline organizations that have built over time through, through alum and that we've purposely gone after based on GPP student interest that, um, that are part of our recruiting model. So our recruiting model really is getting you in contact with alum through GPP. And we've had students get internships right here on these calls to, to have alum like who were students like yourselves not long ago, they pass their internships on to us. So this time of year, we're getting internships and jobs fairly regularly, meaning like several times a week. We post those to GPP. Some of them are very exclusive. So it's worth having a look periodically. So then what are your first steps? Your first steps are to ask yourself, what do I know? What are the knowns? What do I like to do? And if you're stuck thinking about reaching out and saying, okay, if I'm stuck, I'm not sure how to like assess myself and explore, what are some tools I can use to do that? And any career advisor can help with that. I have um, what I call virtual office hours on Mondays for little 15 minute meetings. And you can sign up for those. Just send me an email and say, can I have the link to the Google doc? And I'll do that. And we can talk for a couple minutes and I'll give you a little assignment. Just remember any assignment I give you will work for about half of you. And then you'll, we'll have to find your way of assessing. It's just the way it is. The most popular career development book out there. Um, what color is your parachute? The one your parents are most likely to give you if they think that you are not on track is actually not for me was never very helpful. So it's, you know, you got to find, you got to find what works for you. And what's nice is that the team here in the career center has a lot of, of tricks up our sleeve to help you get past that. You got to explore, get the data in, all right, and set up a time once a week, almost like a one credit class that you're going to do yourself the favor of forwarding your search a little bit. Okay, whether that's I'm going to attend GPP this week because I'm interested or GPP is not a person who's coming. It's journalism. I'm not that interested in journalism. So I think I'm going to listen to this podcast while I work out. That's moving your search forward. Okay, that's not doing nothing. You can be listening to a relevant podcast and going for a run and that is working on your search. I'm giving you permission, right? And then asking, what is it that you want to try? What do you want to try next? And try not to have giant weight on what that, that is. Make a list. You know, I want to try this, 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 and this. And then think about, is this something I know enough about to put a lot of weight on, i.e. look for an internship, a job in that, or research? Or is it something I want, to, I want to start small with, with a podcast or attending an event? Find the support support network you need. And remember that the career peers, our student advisors are here every day and they are tremendous. I have them look at my own things when I am needing someone to edit something for you know a fellowship or whatever that I might be, be having someone look at. They're really good. And then most important, if you haven't noticed already, I'm a bit of a geek and I love Princess Leia. 
big Star Wars geek. So this is Carrie Fisher, the actress who plays Princess Leia. And this is one of her quotes. And I just love it because I think it's true for, for so many aspects of the search, particularly reaching out to other people and asking them to speak to you in an informational interview. Stay afraid. Okay. It's okay to stay afraid, but do it anyway. What's important is the action. Do the action. You don't have to wait to be confident. Just do it. And eventually the confidence will follow. Confidence follows action. It follows trying and iterating. It doesn't happen. It's not like it happens. Suddenly you're going to be confident and you're going to be able to do it. Okay. So you have to, like the little guy with the headlight in the middle of a dark forest, you have to trust that when you walk that first step, you send that email, you hit send on click, that the next step will come forward. All right. And so that is the end of the formal talk. Please do reach out. Um, I will put my um, contact information in, in Canvas for you as well.